welcome to Season 9 of the Lit and Lucid Podcast. Here are your hosts, Lucy and Jared. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid Podcast. We are here hitting episode 95. We have a special guest today on the show, Bruce Perlowin. He's sitting here out of Nevada. Uh, Bruce, you might have heard of him. He served nine years in federal prison and was featured on the record-breaking CNBC documentary Marijuana Inc. for his reputation as a famous marijuana drug smuggler. Uh, He's smuggled over 300,000 pounds of cannabis across the West Coast, Uh, so I'm sure we'll learn a little bit more about that. And then after, you know, serving time in prison, he created the first ever publicly traded cannabis company, Medical Marijuana, in 2009. And then as a visionary and financial expert, he realized that the future of cannabis industry would actually be in hemp. So it was at that time that he became the CEO of Hemp Inc. in 2012 which is a multi-purpose industrial hemp processing facility all across the United States. And today he's focusing on the American small farmer, American veterans, and other groups focused on disparaging treatment, including women, children, orphans, and many other different groups of people. I know he gave us a little brief introduction before the show. We're going to learn a little bit more about his kin's community out in Arizona and the things that he's doing now today. Um, But with that, Bruce, just a warm welcome and thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Well, let's just dive right in. Um, I know, you know, the drug smuggling is kind of, you know, the fun, exciting lights and shiny objects to your story. So why don't you explain to us about that? And then we'll dive more into your passion projects. Okay. Well, in the uh, 60s and 70s, I grew up in Miami, Florida, where I became a marijuana smuggler, first a dealer, then a smuggler. I literally started selling nickel bags and moved up from there, dime bags, ounces, pounds, offloading, smuggling, (laughs) and really learned the trade. And then I moved to California because the cocaine cowboys were coming there and I didn't like violence. They were crazy and nuts. So I moved to California where in the 70s and 80s, I became the largest marijuana smuggler in West Coast history and the media dubbed me the king of pot. As the newspaper said, I had a fleet of boats larger than most countries' navies. (laughs) For being... For the benefit of being the king of pot, I get to spend nine years in federal prison. Wasn't too bad. I was in co-ed prisons, the last two co-ed prisons in America. Uh, I literally walked around holding hands with my girlfriend. And I really had a crush on a Puerto Rican terrorist, but I ended up with a Russian spy. She went with Mikey, the other smuggler. (laughs) While while in prison, I got five college degrees, made straight A's, made a national dean's list, read 100 books a year, and... Um, and then started a few other companies after I got out of prison and started finally, um, we had a public company and there was so much action from that CNBC documentary, Marijuana Inc. Uh, inside America's pot industry, they aired it like 350 times. It was the number one watch show in the history of CNBC and, um, or MSNBC, I forget which one exactly, but anyways, um, we changed the name of our public company to Medical Marijuana Inc. and became the first publicly traded company in what they now call the pot stocks. After about three years, I sold that uh, company and started Hemp Inc. because uh, I did see, like you said, I did see the future in hemp. And what I thought back then was just one segment of the hemp industry, hemp plastics, was bigger than all of medical marijuana, recreational marijuana put together. We haven't even touched hemp plastics yet. Back then, CBD was not known. 
So neither was CBG, CBN, CBCs, and all the other cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. But just from the industrial standpoint, it was a. Uh, I figured that's that's the future. There's much more um, biodiverse products from hemp, including the same effects you get from medical marijuana without the high. Um, yeah. So, so how did hemp you think is you know right now pretty much rocking? I mean, I look around the world, I see, my God, the world's imploding everywhere, but we're exploding. We got 60 full-time employees up in Oregon. We would grow 100,000 pounds of uh, pre-98 OG Bubba Kush. So, you know, we're a big employer. Um, you know, I don't know that the world is melting down. Our world is exploding from the Kins domains out here in Arizona, where I'm focused right now, to Oregon, to the largest hemp processing facility in the Western Hemisphere back in North Carolina, um, to our pre-roll division in Las Vegas, uh, to, you know, starting, you know, the inroads into a lot of places like florida we're just we don't see we don't see any any implosion here we see nothing but massive uh growth right now i would say so yeah i mean it's kind of weird how you know our world is turning upside down and it's kind of indicative of your story right now talking about you know we started it off where you had to serve nine years in prison and now you're basically doing you know considerably a very similar thing in a way you know probably a little more niched but I mean, that alone shows that the world has already flipped upside down, that something that was criminalized back when you're in your youth and now is something that's totally legalized and has been deemed essential. Um, so I would say you guys are probably on the leading edge of what's the future of the world's going to look like, which is cool. It's it's so amazing. You know, I mean, it's it dawns on me every day. This is the funnest time of my life because we're running semis and sprinters and trucks of I say marijuana, but it's not marijuana. It looks like marijuana, but it's hemp and it's legal. And you just have to have all your paperwork together, make sure you're below the 0.03% THC level, which we are. And it's like the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's like the old days all over again. The logistics is the same. The vehicles moving around is the same. The bales, they're not bales anymore. They're fluffy um, super sacks. (laughs) And um, we we can ship by the U.S. Post Office. Uh, It's pretty amazing. It's like, coming back home or something yeah. and then cool. of course you know in the 60s we went had the back to land movement organic farms and everything so now we're doing eco villages yeah. which is very similar to the back to land movement of the 60s so it's almost like this 40 or 45 year pendulum swing back to the past yeah that's what i was just thinking about when you know jared said you know the earth is imploding and everybody's kind of going crazy right now you guys are really going back to your roots you know just starting over allowing people to grow on your lands and be truly sustainable and eco-friendly uh, so i really appreciate that it's very cool. yeah we're pretty uh, fanatical about being real like all the wood we use in the um eco village it's all reclaimed wood not a living tree has ever been cut we coat the wood out in the desert. We use a, a wood preserver of hemp shield. You know, we have hempcrete houses that we're starting to build. We haven't built the house yet, but we do have the hempcrete out there. Uh, we're going to be doing the hemp university out there. We just bought a stage. And real quickly, like in two weeks, 300 people showed up to have this big giant party out there. It was called Zero Point. They did it out on the land five years ago. And uh, nobody got the coronavirus because we're in northwest Arizona. We're not in the hotbed of the coronavirus place, which is, you know, Phoenix, Tucson, um, and Scottsdale down there. We're in a, you know, we're in the middle of the desert. We have miles and miles of nobody near us. And, um, and we will be building these kids communities, which grow hemp. And this one is to rehab veterans and teach them how to make money growing hemp and help them out. The next one's for women and children, you know, the same list that you listed. 
And uh, I've got 40 of these kids communities corporations at least set up to move to Florida because now you can grow hemp there and they're getting their rules in place and you can grow two, maybe even three seasons of hemp down there. That's what, tell us, tell them about the competition you were talking about the hempathon. Yeah. You know, everywhere I go now, remember I'm a smuggler and I never grew in the old days in 60s, 70s and 80s. And so everywhere I go, I'm the best grower, right? Then you go to Colorado, I'm the best grower, right? Then you go to Oregon, no, yeah. no, no, the Rogue Valley has the best growers. And, you know, in North Carolina, they're, you know, we're fifth generation tobacco farmers, we're the best growers. So you know what? Let's get all the best growers, get your rear ends out to the middle of the desert. Let's see how well you do. It started out last year, it was five acres, way too big. Okay. I mean, that's another problem everybody had last year growing. They took on way more than they could true and you didn't know that we grew 40 acres at 100,000 pounds that's 80 linear miles that you have to walk every day so the guys in Trump that tried to grow 400 acres that's 800 linear miles you can't walk 800 linear miles looking for your male plants you can't so I just bought their tractor and a bunch of weed eaters and a bunch of nutrients off bankruptcy so anyways back to the hempathon grow one acre let's see you grow one acre you know that's two to five thousand well it's twelve hundred to to 2,000, 3,000 plants based on your spacing. And already we're having this great competition. It's a hempathon. It's called the hempathon. Everyone, the best growers come and they get the um, one acre. And the concept is if you're growing your one acre there and you have the best cultivars, the best nutrients, the best soil amendments, you know, the best biochar, the best mycorrhizans, let's prove it. Prove it to the world. We have live streaming video cameras on all the grows. So the whole world is going to see... And from that stage, we do the Hemp University. We did five of them in – six of them in North Carolina, five of them in Oregon. And now we'll have them out here teach the desert – you know, they have desert growing here. The conditions are remarkably, incredibly different than North Carolina, Oregon, and Colorado. Mm-hmm. I've never seen plants go to bud and have a harvest season three months long. Everyone's got to rush and get their harvest in like a funnel in two weeks, three weeks for the frost and the rains come. Yeah. Not out here. You don't have no frost or rains at the end of the season. So it's all different. You know, you have high winds, you have hot days, cold nights, not so much cold nights. but And it's amazing to see the, de- the difference in a desert environment. And hemp grows like crazy out in desert. They've been doing it for five years in Nevada. Uh, you know, mostly around Pahrump is the big growing area north of Las Vegas. And um you know, you go to my Facebook page, you can see everything I'm talking about because I do a one minute post and I have for the last five years on everything we're doing because I like to show people what we're doing. And soon that'll be over with our slow down because we'll have live streaming video on everything that we're doing so we can educate the world as we go on hemp. It's still amazing how little people know about hemp and growing hemp, including myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew I learned stuff every single day and it's like I'm a new kid on the block, and then even though I'm the old kid on the block, this is podcast 95. I'm almost that old, not quite. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, so we have we'll have live streaming video all over. Right now, it's just at the veteran. You got to go to kinscommunity.com and click on live streaming. Try and do it in the daytime because so you'll be able to see. Although soon we'll have a bunch of lights out so you can see at night. It's pretty dramatic looking out there with six geodesic domes, a bunch of hemp growing, veterans out there working, um, you know, living fences, ponds are going in, a motorhome park is going in. Uh, We're making it so it's going to be a destination. And in the era of coronavirus, 
we don't do the six foot rule. We say, guys, you better go 10 feet away just in case, because the cameras are on you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we were having that party. They got, they got a C for social distancing and F for wearing masks. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. but luckily, luckily not one coronavirus came, you know, from that. But, um, so I, I texted everyone last night because it just shut down Arizona again. Yeah. And I said, guys, we got the whole world watching. I already got complaints the first time people are watching live stream videos. Say, hey, you're not social distancing. <laughs> and so I go, stay 10 feet apart. Um, Tell them the just, camera just, cuts okay. off a couple feet. So <laughs> got to add more. Yeah. You know, so, but it's a very unique stuff that we're doing. It's very captivating. It's very spectacular. And, um, and you sort of need that, you know, to grab the attention of, you know, there's, yeah, we're in a meltdown in the planet, but there's some positive, amazing things emerging. And we feel like we're creating new civilization out there. Uh, and it will grow, you know, growing hemp is the future. You make a lot of money. You're getting back to the land. You're getting away from the cities. You don't have this. I mean, I think it was so cool that all that smog stopped and all of a sudden you can see mountains for the first time and no pollution for the first time. You know, the deaths are horrible, but the results um, of just stopping, it was pretty interesting, you know, on a whole bunch of different levels. But anyways, it doesn't affect us out yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Or we're growing hemp as fast as we can plant it uh, and fast as we can get water supplies to it. Um, I think we've got, we got 77 acres in Mojave Valley, which is not the Veteran Village Kins community or the Hempathon. We have about seven, about nine uh, contestants now. And so that's nine one-acre parcels. And all of a sudden, the seed guys and the seedling companies are saying, wait a minute, we want to showcase our seeds and seedlings mm-hmm. at this place. Yeah. They got live stream. I go, guys, wake up. It's a hundred thousands of dollars worth of free publicity from live streaming video mm-hmm. uh, on your product. Yeah. I mean, the biochar people gave you their stuff. Soil Balance Pro, that's another amazing product for the soil amendments for mycorrhizans. So it's turning out to be way, way cooler and neater than I ever anticipated. Those are f- sometimes the funnest projects where you have an idea and then it kind of blossoms into something you never thought it would. I think those are always the cool things that come about from some of those. It, it does because I'm very big on co-creation. Right? Yep. So I say, look, I'm really smart. I'm not that smart. Because right? a lot of these ideas, they I say they come through me, not from me. But as smart as I am or smart as the information that comes through me is, and the only can get 85% like a template and at the rest of 15% is always co-created by other people who yeah. come and add an idea and add a, a news section here. Why don't we do this over there? So the co-creative model is very, very powerful mm-hmm. and very much in effect out of the veteran village kids community, Arizona. Yeah. That's so cool. How many people are out in this community? Oh, geez, it varies because when it wasn't so hot, we sometimes we had some 16 volunteers out there. Out there now is about probably, I guess, about 20. Um, it's a very, very fluid situation. There's, you know, then days, you know, when you have an event, right? Mm-hmm. People come before the event and then they hang out after the event. So then you have a high pop, higher population. And as the infrastructure even out there, yeah, there's a lot of hemp growing, but that's not the motorhome park. You know, the septic tank is going in. It's all solar. We're completely off grid. I will not go on the grid. I could, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll do some others. We may go on the grid in some other uh, uh, kids' communities out in the same out in the desert. I don't think so. Um, but, you know, when we put our processing facilities in here in Kingman, we'll be on, you know, the Kingman Airport, the industrial center. 
So we're building that there. So to answer your question, uh, anywhere from 10 to 40. And we're talking 500 acres and 4,000 acres on the other side of the mountain. So it's easy to get social distancing. And we're trying, I'm trying to implement a rule. And since I'm sort of the boss out there, I won't really push it and, and hammer it in that guy's 10 feet. Let's stay 10 feet apart. You know, because yeah. I go, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not watching you. I, <laughs> I text to everyone last night. I go, in this case, they are watching. They are, they are watching. watching. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a tough one. I'm looking at these pictures of the village. It looks super fun. There's like a ton of wildflowers out there. I mean, it's like, it's a place. It's super cool, I feel like. Those pictures are so outdated and old. They don't show all. We're, you know, we put three pools in, which was really neat because in the daytime you can imagine what happens when it gets real hot yeah. after after an event all night. You know, unfortunately, I left before that happens, like <laughs> and we didn't have the recording and... on record. Yeah, anyway, everyone takes their clothes off and jumps in a pool. So oh, that's, um, that's the place I need to work. So, but <laughs> now we're digging ponds. Right now we're digging uh, eight, ten ponds out there. They're being staked. So in you know three weeks we'll have these beautiful ponds out there, which is, again, is totally unique in the middle of the desert. I mean, you can go out there today, three weeks ago, you could put, you could eat nectarines. Now it's, you can get plums and in two weeks, it'll be ripe. Cause according to a kin's domain and a bunch of them together, make a kin's community is two and a half acres with living fences around it. So our living fences are a lot of them are fruit trees. So you go out oh, there, wow. you can eat figs, you can eat, uh, we harvested olives. I mean, it's a, uh, it's really sort of cool. I mean, it's very dramatic. When you see peach trees and apple trees and nectarines and pomegranates, more pomegranates than an army could eat. My main so, question that's driving me nuts, how do you guys get the water source? We have a well about a mile and a half uh, from the facility. There's Highway 93 that goes right through there. They built 93 from the water from this well. By the way, that's Highway 11 now. It's part of the NAFTA Highway or the Pan uh, Canada canamex highway that goes from mexico to canada so they're just now making that section really really gorgeous and expanding it's really weird like as we're emerging out of the desert this giant highway is being expanded so um that well has 365 gallons a minute that's one nice. well we have about five or six other smaller wells but that one is like turning a fire hydrant on yeah, that's, that's how much lot. water comes out of it. There's an aquifer that goes down below make lake mead goes underneath all that um that entire valley and comes up at Lake Havasu. So there's plenty of water from that particular aquifer. Um, so it's like a combination of about six wells of a big, a big well and about five or six smaller wells. That's great. That's great. There's a long-term supply there too. What I'm curious about Bruce is you have came an incredible long way and had your hands in many different pieces and parts of this industry. And what I'm curious about is what is in store for Bruce at the end of this, what's your ultimate goal, or is there one, I guess? The ultimate goal is I'm one of those hippies from the 60s that wants to change the world. And by building veteran, by building kin's communities, you do it. Yeah. That's the template for changing the world. It really is. You grow so much food, all organically grown. We don't sell food. We give it away. Talk about disruptive technologies. 40% of the world's population is engaged in agriculture. And in our new – I call what we're doing creating a new – socioeconomic paradigm you know the old is dying and the new is being birthed mm -hmm. and um so it's to build kins communities all over the world i want to build 200 of them that's 200 500 acre part um kins communities all working together all serving humanity in different aspects 
Um, and, uh, you know, we work with people like Patch Adams Building Free Hospital in West Virginia. I'm his largest donor. I did that in the beginning. And now we taught him how to grow hemp on their land for the last two years. And this year, we, uh, I finally got other companies to donate the seeds and the clones to him this year. Nice. So they, and it's wonderful to be able to know that a free hospital is being emer- emerged and everybody knows Patch Adams, you know, yeah. at least my age group. Yeah. And, um, and, and we're, we're, we're not only his largest donors, we're supporting him. Keepers of the Wild, they're the, one of the best animal wildlife sanctuaries. We're building with them around the mountain on that 4,000, 2,500 acres of that is building the largest wild animal sanctuary in the world called Wild Planet, already been approved by Mojave County. And they're paving eight miles of the road of going out there. It's a dirt road now to the entrance to Wild Planet. So we work with the local governments and they really love us because of what we're doing. Uh, we're opening up a chain of stores called the King of Hemp Stores. We bought the Wells Fargo Bank building in downtown Kingman, and that's the future chain. And like I said, I envisioned a chain of stores, right? Because there's 177 Wells Fargo Bank buildings for sale around America. And, <laughs> yeah. um, there you go. There you go. Yeah. With, with drive-throughs, cool. which is great yes, for coronavirus, right? Oh my God. They're already set up. <laughs> How cool and, is and the that? Co-cre- the co-creative piece of that is that they came by and they want to have a band in there and have like a lounge, which I never thought of, and oh have God. music outside because it's in downtown Old Kingman. So that's why co-creative is so important because I never get the whole picture. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah. picture merges when everybody comes together and we uh, synergize that's with our great. ideas and concepts. So Bruce Perlon wants to build kin's communities all over America and then all over the world. And I want to create a thousand millionaire women. I have a whole program that I'm actually going to do that. Create a thousand millionaire women and they're going to go around the world and change the entire world. And now, because I can do that easily and I do that through network marketing, but that's a different story. Everybody wants a home-based business right now, yeah. even though network marketing is a bad name. We work with a company called Euphoria. It's a great company. It's just a product. I love the product. It's yeah. based nutrition based on your DNA. And I'll build downlines. I hold five world records in network marketing. I'll, I'll make a thousand million women and they'll go around the world, change the world. And at least now they have a model on what they want to change it to kin's communities. Let's build kin's communities all over the world. And it's a lot of fun in reality. We joke around. We have, a, we laugh more than you can imagine because you know, it's so funny. Everything we're doing and it's very productive. It may not be so funny. If it wasn't so productive, but it's very productive. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, <laughs> Yeah, considering what you've accomplished, it's extremely productive. And I think, you know, more people are going to get behind this idea because it is appealing. I think what's happening right now to us all is kind of making us all rethink the way we live life and what we do. And we all kind of check into our job every day. And I can guarantee you listening, there's probably at least one person that's like, man, this sounds like a dream come true to go you know, develop a kin community and cultivate and live off the land and call it a day like that. I'm I'm down with it. <laughs> so there's definitely at least one person. Yeah. Oh, people that come there, we, we, we sent some some hemp to Florida, and, and they, they didn't buy it, so we had to send it back to Medford. We have it sold for $100 more than when it started the journey because the prices are going up. And the two, we called them the children. They're 20-year-old kids. They drove it across. We had to get someone to drive it back here. And they went out and looked at the kids' community. They're going back. They went back to Florida. They're getting their mom. They're moving to the kids' community. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, We're that's exactly down. it. That's great. We're I love that. It. We're moving in. Moving in, Bruce. <laughs> well, Bruce, what would and be... And people could come there and camp all they want. They can bring their motorhomes. They can bring their fifth wheelers or trailers, hang out, you know, see what it's like, you know, volunteer if they want to. If they don't want to, they can just hang out and see what's going on. And pretty soon we'll start the Hemp University classes, or we have to call it the Hemp 
academy because Arizona, you can't use the word university and see what we're doing. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. I'm down. I, I want to go take these classes. Right. I mean, I was down for the event. Like Bruce had me at lasers <laughs> on the mountains. I'm like, I'm there. You tell me when. <laughs> well, Bruce, let's um, wrap up with just some advice to some young entrepreneurs looking to enter the industry. What would you offer to them? First advice, don't start big. Look, I was there with, yeah, I'm going to grow a thousand acres. And no, you're not going to grow a thousand acres. You cannot walk the field. If you go more than 40 acres, you're out of your mind. So start small. And that's so anti-Bruce, you know. I'm always looking at the big picture and doing things on a grand scale. But I learned, you know, remember, 40 acres is 80 linear miles you have to work work every day. Oh start goodness. with one acre. Start with five. Yeah. Five acres is a lot of, lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of plants and just start small. It's the big thing. You're otherwise, you know, 60, 75% of all hemp grown in America last year never made it to, 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 to the marketplace. Farmers went out of business. Four farmers committed suicide up in Oregon. Plants got wiped out by the hail, by the grasshoppers, by unforeseen things. And then when you go too big, you don't, you don't understand. 40 acres, it took us 135,000 square feet to dry it just to dry it, then you have to cure it. Yeah. And, I mean, we're still now, This look how long it is. It's the planting season already, and we're still got 60 full-time people bucking and trimming last year's harvest, so oh, you're wow. not going to cash out in one year. Right? We're work. still processing, and we will be for the end of the year, last year's harvest, while the new one's being planted. So don't think you're going to make the, the – everyone thought they were going to make millions of dollars real quick. You can do it real quick, but plan it taking two years. Yeah. So those are things that I never thought of, not, never, you know, being the eternal optimist and, you know, balls to the wall. Let's go for it, guys. You know, take it from someone who's really been there. I mean, I didn't become the largest marijuana smuggler in West Coast history because I didn't have any failures in Florida. I had a lot of failures, and you got to be able to weather those failures and lose a lot of money before you know what you're doing and hit it really big. And you learn from other people that make mistakes as well. So, you know, after 12 years, Temping is actually 12 years old, not nine, because it was, had different names. First, it was uh, Marijuana Inc., then it was something else, and then it became Hemp Inc. So we've been doing this for, uh, you know, over a decade and seen it all. So start small. Don't be in any rush to be a multimillionaire. Uh, plan on a two-year cycle instead of a one-year cycle for your return on investment. And um, come check out what we're doing in the Kins communities because we will teach you everything there is to know about growing hemp, either myself and our uh, you know, network of up to 200 experts in all different facets of the hemp industry. That's all great stuff. I think that's probably some of the more solid advice we've ever heard because a lot of times, all of us, I and mean, we're all entrepreneurs, and you're totally right. You, you kind of have to be an internal op optimist because you're kind of, you know, at the end of the day, you have to keep yourself going. And so you have to have something to look forward to. But also, I think having that, that kind of relativity of like being real with the situation and realizing that it's not a get rich quick scheme and it's not something that you can just turn on autopilot. And next thing you know, you have a couple million in your bank. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of time that you have to invest into making it happen. Yeah, it's true. Look at all the giants in the industry. They're all on belly up. Canopy yeah. up in Canada exactly. to yeah. you know MedMen to mm -hmm. Mile High, you just name it. These they had a three to four year plan. Yep. We had a, a never ending plan, and it's taken us a decade to get here. 
and it's like that I say it's like the tortoise and the hare. We're the tortoise. <laughs> the hares have come and gone. Yeah, and we're still totally here. Right. And we're just getting starting after 12 years of building infrastructure. And that's what lasts. That's that's exactly what lasts. Built to last. Yep. Exactly. Very cool, Bruce. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, this has been fun. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> and we'll have to hit up the Kins community sometime. If we make it out to Arizona, we know where to stop. Well, if you want to play a safe place to be, you know, remember, we're in northwest Arizona. We're not in the exploding coronavirus cities. You know, that's city slickers. That's not the country <laughs> yeah. where you it have miles like and miles country. of desert. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Very it's cool. a nice vacation spot, it sounds like, to get away from it all. <laughs> yeah, we'll show you all the secret fishing spots and, and Colorado River spots. And, you know, there's a lot of amazing, amazing things uh, out here. And, and everyone's welcome. You know, people don't have to come and ask. They just come and visit and hang out. Very you know, cool. not, I'm not like out, one of those please. guys that say you can't come and stay on my land. No, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm from the 60s. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Well, kudos, Bruce. I'm glad that you know you've turned your story into a positive, and I think what you're doing now is extremely incredible. And I look forward to watching you continue to build out your kin villages and watch you hit that 200 number here in, in a short amount of time. It will be shorter than I or most people realize it'll happen. I can see the indicators of how fast this thing is about to move. Absolutely, we see it too. All right, you guys, with that, I'm lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it. Laters. Thank you, Bruce. That was awesome. I love that. That You're lit and lucid. <laughs> that's us. <laughs>